and gentlemen, and welcome to another Disjunctive Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. What is up? And it's good to be back in this place of the ones and zeros. Yes, Zelius, of course, had to um, uh, take care of the robots uh, last week, so we didn't, unfortunately, not have a show. But, uh, ironically enough, we wouldn't have been able to have a show last week because my internet went down. <laughs> Uh, Skynet must know who's boss, sir. That's right, Chip. The boys are back. Um, yes, we are back and we're doing a thing because I don't have to deal with robots. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific cover himself, Zelius. Word up. This, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangouts, a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. At any point during the show, if you have any topics or questions or suggestions or opinions that you'd like to add to the show. All you got to do is drop it in the chat, be it on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube. Um, if you, if we do, we'll try to add it to this show. If we do run out of time, we'll add it to the very next show. So let's get into it. And let's, let's talk about the first big thing. And that of course is the movie trailer for Borderlands is now available to view. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like in one hand, it has the actually look of Borderlands. They actually looks like they tried using like the actual Borderlands characters and story and all that stuff. Yes. With one giant glaring issue. Roland's younger brother disguised himself as Roland and becomes a, a slapstick comedian. You know, if they actually did that as part of the storyline, I'd be totally cool with it. Yes. I'd be like, that right, actually makes sense in the context of Borderlands. Rock on. He is but not Roland. Just, yeah, instead they're just taking actual Roland and making him into comic relief, which for anyone who's played Borderlands is definitely not Roland in Borderlands. No, that's what Claptrap's um, for. And he's in the movie. So do you have silly comic relief? And like... It's one thing being like the deadpan comic relief because you can tell like Kate Blanchett, you could yeah. tell her, and then like they have a couple of those moments, but it just fits like the overall, you know, characters and stuff that works. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm sure, is going to have some of those as well. Yeah, but like that works in the context of the story. Right. But when he's just trying to be intentionally funny, and honestly, don't find him very funny in the first place. Like, I've never, he's not my kind of humor. Um, so that's the one thing I'm not super thrilled about, but I'll probably still see it because Kate Blanchett, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jack Black, yep. I love them. Um, tiny Tina looks freaking cool. Yes, I know she's not exactly tiny in it, but that's okay. She, but the, in the trailer, it looked like the 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 actress was trying to be, basically, you know, be Tiny Tina. Well, I mean. I, there's some things like that, like the physical side, I can get over. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna have a child play Tiny Tina. Okay, I get it. You you need you you need that crazy bouncing off the walls. Love has a very 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 suspect relationship with explosives. I mean, that's really what you need for Tiny Tina, and of course the bunny ears. I mean, I, I from the trailer, it looks like we'll have some of that. So yeah, um, the trailer. Doesn't look as. I have more optimism than I did a week ago. I'll put it that way. Well, a week ago uh, they were like it was in. Uh, basic, perpetual limbo. Yeah, like production hell. Yeah, production hell. 
And then all and, of a sudden it's like, here's a trailer. I know. I was shocked to see it because we had literally just talked about it, I think, the week before the, um, last week. Yeah. And I was like, in production hell, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a trailer, which is still bizarre because that's 2022 is when they stopped filming. Yeah. Um, so I'm still really curious to see what actually happens with the movie. <laughs> we, we will see. We will see. But, hey, there is a trailer, so it's got that going for it now. Hooray. Um, all right, so that happened. And uh, the next topic, I'm going to let Zelius pilot this one because I believe he actually owns one. So uh, Sony has just come out to say that the PS was a VR2. Yes, and I have a mental thing. I I always say PS2 VR, even though I know it's not correct. Yeah, because it just rolls off the tongue better. Yep. Um, no, yeah, it's. I looked into. It. Yes, I do have a PS VR too. Mm -hmm. That is a matter of fact. Um, one of the things I like about it mm -hmm. is I don't have to wear my glasses to play it. With the way they have the focal lens, where like you can adjust it in the VR helmet, mm -hmm. I can see everything clearly without my glasses, mm -hmm. which. To me, it's pretty damn cool. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed it. Like games like Tetris. Um, um, oh my gosh, I was talking about this early today with my work guys. Um, Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically like Beat Saber, but you're hitting drums. Um, so they have some good games, but really the killer would have been if it was usable for the PC because there's obviously a lot more PC accessible VR games. Right. Uh, and it's just, it's a single USB-C game. Uh-oh. And Zelius is gone. <sighs> and there, and he's, well, it's kind of back. No. No, he's back. <laughs> now he's back. Now he's gone. Let me make sure it's not me. Nope, it's not me. Anyways. Well, Zealus is trying to fix this. The PS. I'll finish for Zeal. PC Master Race. No, let, let's be honest. It, it, the the Sony Sony has basically said that their VR helmet is going to gain PC support this year, and that, and it makes the most sense. I mean, you want you want your your. I don't. It's not a third party peripheral because Sony actually made it, but still, you want that that peripheral to actually be worth it. And, and have a bunch of people buy it and Zealus is back, but I'll finish my thought real quick. Um, and so, you know, adding PC support makes total sense because you want, uh, not only the Sony, uh, your PlayStation owners to want to have the VR headset, but also, um, you know, open up the market for anyone who's looking for a really nice VR headset. Like Zelia said, you can change the focal stuff so you don't have to wear your glasses while you're doing it. Yeah, I'm personally. Am I? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Right. I'm actually surprised because Sony is kind of like Nintendo in that they don't like to really open things up. Yep. Uh, but I think you hit it in the head where, I mean, as we talked about, VR is still a niche product. And probably just the PlayStation owners alone, just not enough sales for it. And so now if you open up to the PC market, now you get that whole extra set of sales that you might not have otherwise had. Um, and some of the games like Ragnarok is actually a good example where it's locked down on the 
PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. in terms of the songs you can get. I mean, you can purchase some, but there's a bunch of songs that just aren't officially released or recognized. But there's like a whole modding community where you can go download all these mods for Ragnarok mm-hmm. to play them if you had a VR headset. And because I had the PSVR, I couldn't do it. But now I'm like, ooh, so like me, I'd probably buy Ragnarok again through Steam if it actually were to happen. Um, of course, the other question will, will be, what is actual VR compatibility going to be? Is it just going to magically work with all the VR games? Because it's not always the case when it comes to VR. Right. Um, so I think it's cool. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed playing it, but again, it's they don't have the killer app game where people are going to go buy a VR headset for really anything for P8, PlayStation, PC, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because you have that game where it's like, I must have this game. True. But I mean, there, there, I'll, I'll fully admit that there are definitely some games out there that, that are, that are appealing to individuals who are willing to drop. How much is a PS uh, VR two? I think 400 off the top of my head. Okay. So like the, the, oh, what the hell? I just completely blinked out on what I have. The Meta Three, yeah. Uh, I think that's like what five, four fifty five. Um, and I don't know what yours came with, but the VR it comes with the headset and then the two controllers. Yeah, that's like part of the kit that it just. Yeah, it, with. The, this one, uh, the the Meta Three comes with uh, the two controllers and the headset. Uh, Sam says, we all game here. Anyone want to wear VR headset while gaming for hours, no matter which game I, you know, uh, a very good example of, uh, of someone gaming a lot with the headset for like an hour or two hours is my son. Um, and he will tell you that at the end of it, um, his face hurts or he gets a headache because it's just, you know, so much. The other thing is I, and I, it, you know, that it is a lot of, it's not like super heavy, but it's still weight on, on the front of your face that you're having to basically hold up. No, it's, I mean, I don't have a time period that I've done it, no. but Sam is right. I mean, like I can sit here and play a PC game for hours or sit on my recliner and have a controller and just sit there endlessly and it's fine. But yeah. I agree, like, there definitely is a point where I'm like, okay, this is annoying to now have in my head, I'm taking it off. It's definitely an issue. And I think that's universal to any headset right now. Yeah. That's just the nature of having a big, chunky thing on your head. True, and, and I personally will say that I think the longest gaming session that I've had is probably about 30 minutes on the VR. Um, I, you know, it's it's just, I, I, that's, that's about my max. <laughs> I think, I think the, ironically, I think the person who's getting the most use out of the VR headset in my household is my wife. Cause she's doing nice. the, um, the workout programs. Oh no. Ragnarok. That's one of the reasons I play it. Like you're swinging your hands like this for like four or five minutes. It's a good workout. It kind of, in, in a, in a kind of roundabout way, it kind of reminds me of, um, playing the Wii, but instead of like looking at the TV, having the TV basically on your head. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Um, my issue is 
I live in a pretty, I, I, it's not small, but like the way I have my living room set up, it's pretty confined. Yeah. So it definitely gets angry at me sometimes because I can see my like surroundings of what I have. And it's like, you should not have this hair. It is unsafe. That's the so other thing. That, that that's the other thing is having to have a, having to go like exactly back to the center boundary area that you set up on your your thing or having to redraw draw the ba the boundary every single time you use the um uh the headset and i think we lost zelius again but that's okay anyways so but yeah i i, I think it's just to wrap it up, from my point of view, I think that VR headset, uh, PlayStation's VR headset coming to the PC, having PC uh, uh, connectivity or support uh, makes total sense. Uh, uh, I've messed around with having the, the Meta 3 um, and played a couple Steam games, but it's I really don't have any... Like the one game that was actually a VR game that that's supposed to be just for the helmet was broken as hell that, that I have. I don't remember how, where I got the game, but it was broken. I'm not gonna tell what I'm not gonna say what the name of the game is because yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, while Zelius tries to fix his internet connection, we will move on to the next thing, and this actually has to do with um, another thing with Sony. Uh, Zelius mentioned or hinted at the fact that Sony is kind of like Nintendo where they really don't like to let other people play with their stuff. And so um, it just came out recently that Sony is kind of putting a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, push uh, on uh, Bungie for better accountability when it comes to development timelines. Um, now I, I, it's kind of hard for me to be like completely like, oh, that's, that's bullshit. Let the developers take however long they want. Cause I know that there are some developers out there who take, um, forever and a day, uh, to get their stuff out. I mean, look at Duke Nukem. It took over 10 years to get that sucker out. Um, but I, I there, I, I think that. Sony and Bungie. To be honest with you, I think it all comes down to the the dollar the dollar sign. The, the, there are so many companies that are downsizing right now. There's so many games getting canceled, um, and of course, Bungie, whatever Bungie releases, still uh, everybody wants. But Sony wants a little bit more accountability with, you know, Bungie delivering stuff when they say they're going to deliver it. I'm, I'm trying to see here. I'm, I'm trying to read real quick since I don't have Zelius to kind of fill in the blanks here. I'm seeing if there's like a specific, um, if there's a specific game that, um, that they're trying to, that, that they're, you know, they're having a problem with, I think it's probably destiny twos, um, and their expansion, which was originally scheduled for February 27th, um, so in five days, and now it is gone. Now it's been pushed back to June. So I mean, so that's March, April, May, June. So that's like three and a half months back. But at the same time, 
as a gamer, I do want to have the ability or I, you know, I, I do want the best product. And to me, I mean, this is also an expansion. So expansions, I think you, you have to, you have to view them differently than you would a full game release. I think I would be a little bit, mm, that's actually really tough. Would I be, you know, stricter on an expansion being released versus the actual base game? I think I want the base game as best as possible. I think I want the expansion when they promised the expansion. I think that's where I, I, w I would have to lie. So I guess as much as it hurts my feelings because I, I'm not a huge Sony fan um, because of stuff that they did in the past. Um, but I think that I would side more with Sony. I understand you want the expansion to be perfect, but release the expansion and send out patches. Um, pushing it back three and a half months says that they really did something wrong. However, um, there was, um, apparently Bungie definitely laid off, uh, some of their, their employees. So maybe this is kind of a, um, a result of the massive, or not want to say massive layoffs, but still, I think they, they laid off, um, a hundred of their employees. And I think they've got, uh, I think they've got just over a thousand. So that's 10, a little bit less than 10% of their workforce. They let go. I'd be very curious to see where that workforce was, if it was the testers or if it was the developers, artists, or a little bit from every single department, but oh well. So yeah, that happened. Um, speaking of game studios, trying to keep this thing going. By the way, uh, Zelius had to reset his, um, his modem, so he'll be back hopefully in the near future. But until then, I will keep this bad boy going and you can watch, if you're watching the video, you're watching a picture of my dog in a pulsating circle around it because it's picking up my voice. No, that's not Zelius's dog, it's mine. So there you go. To, to uh, you know, clear any confusion. There's Zelius, hey, hey. We're about to move on to our fourth topic. I apologize. I, I talked the whole third topic. I don't know if you actually heard any of it, but. I did not. I just reset like all of my internet bells and whistles. So hopefully that does the trick. Okay. Basically just, just to catch Zelius up. I was just talking about the fact that Sony and Bungie are kind of butting heads over the fact that Sony wants more accountability when it comes to Bungie and the project uh, uh, deliverables. They were supposed to give... Here's the thing. Destiny 2 is on more than just Sony, right? I mean, it's on like lots of platforms. Yeah, I have, a, I have it on the PC. Okay, so uh, one of, one of the, the titles that apparently Sony's having an issue with because Bungie's not keeping to its, the, their timetables is the fact that the next uh, Destiny 2 expansion, which is called The Final Shape, which was announced back in November, was originally supposed to be released... Uh, in five days from now, and has now been pushed back to June. 
I mean, I haven't played Destiny 2 in quite a while, but I do know that one of the big issues in the community is Bungie's perceived over-reliance on um, microtransactions mm. and really taking advantage of that type of situation. Gotcha. Um, and like leaning heavily into things like season pass and things like that, where it's not, it's not the original destiny too. I got you. I got you. All right. So since we're talking about, uh, video games and schedules, let's go ahead and talk about the fact that, uh, Bandai Namco revealed, uh, just, a uh, I think like a week or two ago that they canceled five games. Um, uh, that apparently were slated. Now, Bandai Namco has a bunch of like, like fighting games and and very recognizable uh, games. They uh, like the Dragon Ball Z series, or um, oh my gosh, uh, Tekken Eight. But apparently, they they did uh, drop five of their games. I'm trying. Uh, also, they had uh, Armor Core. Six, so it's not like they they're hurting. However, they did report that there was a ninety six percent drop in year on year profits in the game division. So that's probably why they canceled five of their games. Although I don't see exactly what games. I, I guess they they just said that we we dropped five of their games. I don't know if they actually uh, disclosed. They don't have to disclose. They could just say we canceled can games. So, um, but you know, it's, it's kind of sad when you have a company that, that, you know, it makes pretty solid titles. Um, and they're like, yeah, we had to can some of the games that we had, uh, we were thinking about making. I mean, there's, I would imagine that happens more than we actually hear about. Oh, absolutely. Like games get to a certain point in production and for whatever reason, it's like, nope, we're not going forward. So I wonder if this is a case of Bamkai is actually telling us, whereas a lot of games we don't even hear about in the first place. Yeah. Um, now, if you want to talk about um, uh, a company that has basically been canceling games left and right, we got to talk about Embracer Group, which is that I think it was a, I think it's Swedish. It's a European firm that yeah. basically gobbled up a ton of studios, and since acquiring. Uh, that uh, all those companies in the past year, they have um, out of all the studios they own, I don't know how many studios they own off the top of my head, but out of all the studios that they own, uh, they've had 1,387 jobs laid off and 29 games have been canceled. And we're not talking about small games either. We're talking about um, Saints Row and uh, a new Deus Ex game. Mm. So you know it's it's not like you know we're 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 testing the water for uh we we were you know we were thinking about some original IP. We're this is those are two very established. The Saints Row is going to be kind of like well they just they they tried to reboot the series uh recently and Deus Ex is just. I mean, it's just, I like the series. So, I mean, when it comes to the video game industry yeah. and mergers or acquisitions, like, really, how often is that actually a boon 
particularly for the development company that was purchased. It, I would, I would assume it would, it would, it would be um, dependent on how much, um, what do you call it, um, control they are able to retain. I mean, it seems like it very rarely leads to any good. Like it doesn't improve the situation from the developer or the gamer's perspective. Uh, for those for those who uh, embracers kind of like tickling something in the back of your head, uh, when I said um, Saints Row, um, the cancellation of that is because they not only canceled Saints Row, but they shuttered the studio, uh, Volition, which makes which was was going to make Saints Row, which of course had been a staple in the uh, game industry for thirty years. Yeah. And I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of a little scared because there is one company that's close, near and dear to my heart because I, I know the guy who was the president of this company, and my son plays a, a crap ton of the one game from Blue Mammoth Games, which of course is Brawlhalla, and uh, Brawlhalla, of, or uh, Blue Mammoth, is uh, part of the Embracer family, I do believe. Ah, uh, oh, the family! It's a family. Yeah. We're all too, we're all in this together. Right. Right. Uh, also, remember, Embracer at this time, at this very moment, they own. Um, actually, do they own, or are they trying to buy? Um, let's see. Uh, I believe I, I. I'm trying to remember if Gearbox is if. Embracer was rumored to buy Gearbox or if they bought Gearbox and now they're trying to sell Gearbox. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, my, maybe it's my cynicism, but it seems like whenever a company like the Embracer purchases is developers, it's good for the, uh, anybody with stock options. Yeah. Basically anyone else, uh, probably sucks to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and according to Embracer's website, like Gearbox is under their heading. Okay, so, and and the, there's a rumor that they're trying to sell off Gearbox already. <laughs> oh yeah, and they might sell them. So I guess they purchased them. It's like, wait, nope, bad idea. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I would I, I would assume that when they bought Gearbox, they only bought the the game development arm and not their uh, Gearbox created like a, a media. Mm. wing for like the movie and all their other strange projects that they were thinking about. I think they were trying to do like a TV show or animated something or other. Again, like an animated Borderlands, like seems like it's made to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. There's already a lot of content, a lot of creative endeavors you can go down. There's crazy psychopaths. There's interesting protagonists, like got it all. Indeed. Your comic relief is already built in. No, yep. not you, Roland. Yeah. We're tied by Claptrap, damn it. Uh, not uh, okay, so let's talk about a, diff a different development studio that's that's doing quite well for itself. Um, the uh, the studio behind Baldur's Gate 3 has, um, has the patch actually gone out or they just, I think the patch has actually gone out. Um, that of course is the patch surrounding the, 
the kissing enhancement. Ooh. Uh, yes, the, the, the kissing patch is finally out. It makes the kisses much better instead of the faces just kind of smushing together. Wow. That's exactly what we were looking for in our video games. Improved kissing. Uh, basically there's, it's, it's not just your generic kisses anymore. Oh, uh, there, the kisses are going to have unique kissing animations. These kisses are randomized and vary from the incredibly romantic to, uh, a little more intense. That's, that's the development, the developer's words, not mine. Kisses have also been improved for shorter and taller body types, so embrace without delay. I love it. Yes. Hey, let, let's let, let's you know. Let's be honest here. Uh, when you have uh, a game where there's going to be romance uh, as part of the formula, you kind of I don't know animated tongue. I don't know if that's in it in there sam but something tells me that maybe i mean with the more i mean enhanced kissing, kissing that's the next level yeah um you know i mean if you're gonna go the romance route you might as well truly go and and go god damn it this is gonna be taken the wrong way there's all in um you know so good for them <laughs> Uh, it also, uh, the, this patch also, uh, improves the in-game cinematics, uh, for those who are looking to see what, uh, other stuff past the kiss is being added. I wonder though, is this going to be one of those, I remember earlier on one of their patches was you had to basically uninstall the game and reinstall it. I wonder if you had to do it for this patch. So I did just look up a video. Uh -huh. I gotta say, the kissing's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you've got to get the animation meshes correctly at that angle, depending mm -hmm. on their height. Like from the actual, like purely technical perspective, it's actually kind of impressive to get it right. And yeah. like not easy because like I mean, customer, I mean, well, not customer, custom and, you know, custom Animation. character creations yeah. Yeah. and all that. Like, there's a lot of variables, like, in every single character has different everythings. Like, there's a lot of variables that actually go into making that look not mushy. Not animatronic? Yes. So You, too, can be an animal in a video game. Woohoo! I guess that's just a shaman or a druid, actually. All I gotta say is that yet again, uh, I I hate myself for jumping on the Starfield bandwagon instead of doing Baldur's Gate <clears throat> three because it Baldur's Gate three both the game and the amount of attention the developer is paying to the game to make sure the game is exactly what you want and then improving on what is already excellent. Where Starfield, it's like. That, I think, I think they've lost like ninety eight percent of their their gaming population at this point. That's kind of funny because I remember about four months ago we had this discussion leading into the Christmas holidays. Like, 
All right. What video game are you going to play? Boulder's Gate 3 or Starfield? I, you want Starfield. I think I, I'm trying to remember what games I was playing before Starfield, but I think I was just kind of like that that kind of magic and dragoned out. And so I wanted something different. And I got something different, and it wasn't good. But, I mean, to be fair, for anyone who played Starfield, like, there was a tremendous amount of hype around it. Like, yes. I don't think anybody knew that Boulder's Gate 3 was going to be as epic as it was. True. Everyone thought that was probably going to be, not everyone, obviously, but most people thought that was going to be Starfield that was going to, you know, take that next crown. And lo and behold. Yeah. Not so much. Well, then also, you, I mean, just if you just want to go for what we're talking about with this patch, the kissing, the romance, there's, there's no such thing as romance in Starfield. I mean, you, like, the, your, the, your romance is you might get an embrace or you may hold hands. It's like fucking kindergarten. That's funny. It's one thing that's so missing in action, because I've been an ARPG kick, yeah. is like ARPGs, like, don't really, ha I mean, granted, the storylines pretty much suck in ARPGs, though, let's be honest. Right. That's not their uh, calling card. Yeah. As much as you, you would think that something that's jam-packed with action would have action in all directions. Ooh, well played. Ha ha. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to thank the individuals who who help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion that you love and adore. And so without further ado, let me tell you about the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. Now, let's also talk about the AV master himself, and that, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Whack Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. And unfortunately, I think the only Atlanta convention he's doing these days would be AWA, which is Anime Weekend Atlanta. But it's still a convention. This is true. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the next one I got to give a shout out for is the individual in the greater Atlanta area that will help get all of those uh, kinks and pains out of you after long gaming sessions. That, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Here at Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Here at Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the music maestro himself, ladies and gentlemen, Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of 
solutions for individuals and small businesses, just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. The final shout out we got to give is to the original patron himself. And that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working at, with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, at system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, and also to check out his book, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know at this point you're like, oh, I want to be a friend of the show. How do I become a friend of the show? Well, it's quite simple. Ladies and gentlemen. Aren't you already a friend of the show by being here with your mere presence? This is true. This is true. But Sorry to spoil your intro. Thanks, Zelius. But anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you, and so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, intermental beings, gods, demons, aliens, werewolves, mummies, swamp creatures, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have a two tiers. We have the $1 tier that's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that gets you is early access to all of our playthroughs, as well as the ability to participate in patron-only patron only posts. Now, if you're feeling a little frisky and you want to have you... Your name or if you want, if you know, my goodness gracious, I cannot talk tonight. If you feel a little frisky and you want to go a little bit further up, we have a $5 tier. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. And not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization added to our friends of the show section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a patron uh, or of Alter Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion today. Now, also, ladies and gentlemen, if you are curious as to how do I get one of those sexy Ultra Confusion hats, or perhaps you're more in the mood for maybe an Ultra Confusion sticker that you can slap on your on your computer or on your um, Ooh, on fancy. your car, you can always go to ultraconfusion.tv/merch. Uh, is there four or five items up there now? I can't remember. I saw this for. Okay, so I think it's flip flops, a notebook, a sticker, and a hat. If I yep. remember correctly. Although I can't do decals on my car because I'm an angry, violent driver, and I don't want people associating terrible honking person with old confusion. Well, I I am not the best driver, and I'm okay with being associated with that. Then again, I am ultra confusion, so. so but I also have like no identifying things on my car. Ironically, that probably makes your car stand out more in a parking lot than most. That's fair point. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump back into what else we got here. Uh, the next story we got to cover is let's talk real quick about Ultra Confusion's next public appearance. And that, of course, is going to be Momocon. 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 Momocon is a general fandom convention that happens in Atlanta, Georgia at the Georgia World Congress Center. It will be happening May the 24th through the 27th, uh, 2024. 
Uh, as of right now, we have submitted one panel and our media credentials have been submitted. I don't, as much as I would love to have a fan, t a, a fan table again, I just don't know if I'll have enough bodies to support a fan table though. I kind of do miss, miss, uh, talking to people. I think the way we did last year worked pretty well. Yeah, it did. It did. Though I, I do, like I said, I do kind of miss the, just talking to the, the regular attendees. Yeah. Uh, outside of our panel. Stressed me out. Huh? That part stressed me out. Oh, boo. All those weird random people. No, no, it was not for me. They just want to talk video games with you, which is what we talk about every single Thursday night hangout. Yeah, yeah. But and that's like panels. once a week for like an hour and a half versus all day. Nope, just not the same. Right, and plus, you get to talk video games when you like go do the interviews. So there's a little bit of that. True, but then you know it, it's not not that there's anything wrong with the developers out there, but it's usually just about their game. True. Um. Anyways, uh. So if you are in the Atlanta area for that, it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, this is the one year that it's different. It's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but they had to push it um, to Monday for this year. Uh, if, but if you're in the Atlanta area during that weekend, I highly, highly recommend that you come check out Momocon. It is a lot of fun. And there's a ton of uh, guests that are really cool. Um, I think Steve Blum is back, which is one of my most favorite voice actors of all time. And they have an entire section now devoted just to the gaming part. Yep. As it's now labeled as the largest gaming event in the Southeast. Well, they run tournaments and stuff. Yes, they do have an entire hall dedicated to PC gaming, console yep. tournaments, yep. console free play, yep. classic arcade, board gaming, card games, RPGs, and even LARPing! Yep. So, if any of that or all of that is what y'all do, then come down to Momocon uh, during Memorial Day weekend. Okay, so let's go on to the next uh, story. And this one, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, the developer behind the roguelike game, The Binding of Isaac, was doing uh, multiplayer tests, uh, alpha tests, if you want to be, you know, uh, specific, and they had to take all of their testing offline because of a couple of douchebags. And what these douchebags did is, um, so as many of you, pe many people understand when you do online testing, multiplayer testing, they're usually trying to test out a specific type of mode, or they, they're just looking to test a certain something. They're not going to give you the full gambit. Uh, they're, they're going to silo you. Um, so that, you know, they get, they get the result. They basically can focus on the results of this one game mode or this one gaming area or whatever, depending on the game. Well, it turns out that some unique individuals, uh, decided that they wanted to see what all of the modes were for the binding of Isaac. So they hacked, uh, the game and, uh, basically uncovered other modes than the one that the developer wanted to test. And not only did they do that, but they also posted instructions for everyone to join in on the fun. 
And so uh, this is this is directly from uh, I, I don't know if this is his. It's the executive producer. I said hello. You may or may not know. Uh, the alpha test was recently taken offline, but you might not know the reason why. Please continue reading if you like the answer. And he follows up. The, this is on Twitter. I'm sorry. I will never call it X. It's the stupidest thing in the world. I will never call it X um, on Twitter. Uh, and uh, he continues to says, someone took it upon themselves to hack the online version to play other modes, circum circumventing greedier this month's test rotation mode and shared how to do this hack with other players. Not cool. And I think there's also a bit of a, they probably had to like agree to some kind of disclosure. Yeah. But there's also a kind of, I would call it gentleman's agreement where it's probably, I'm assuming it was a closed alpha um, where the obvious intent behind these closed alphas is to really, like you put it, to narrow it down to help the developer figure out what they're going to do. Um, it's very easy if you don't want to be an asset, just don't participate in those. I figure like once a game's gone 1.0 and gone gold, in a way, kind of like all bets are off. Um, it still doesn't mean you can't get banned for hacking the game if it's an online game. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a little bit different when it's actually like a real release, I think, especially if it's like a single-player game. Um, but, yeah, when you're trying to do that and like be like, hey, guys, help us out, yeah, that's just, as you put it, it's why we can't have nice things. Well, I mean, he, he even went on and said, we know fans want to play Isaac online, but the team needs our test to actually be tests, which is yeah. what, I, what, I, what I said. Um if the Isaac development team can't get the reports feedback they need, it doesn't make sense doing a public beta. So basically, in a roundabout way, he's going, look, if if this is the way that people, the testers that we reach out to, if this is how it's going to happen, then we're not going to be able to do any public stuff because the douchebaggery will probably, yep. you know, uh, exponentially increase and... That's that's not good for anyone. Yeah, I mean, I can't really fault the developer for being pretty annoyed at the whole situation. I know I'd be annoyed as shit. Yeah, it's like, come on, guys. Like, we get it. Like, you have the game, and yes, you could find the hacks to the game. Yeah. And again, it probably would have been one thing if like, they did it on their own, like an isolated hack to see what you can venture into. Yep. But when you start releasing it for the whole world to see, that's when it's like, all right, this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It... This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> that's that's really what yeah. it comes down to. Anywho. All right. Let's also talk about the fact that after what seems like for freaking ever, um, Xbox and Nintendo are finally going to allow more rare games onto the Switch. Um, 
as some people might know, Rare made a shit ton of games back uh, for Nintendo, especially the 64, back in the day. Uh, games like Goldeneye. Yeah. And Perfect Dark. Uh, yeah. And a bunch of the Donkey Kongs. Yeah. All of the Donkey Kongs, I guess. Um, and then Xbox bought Rare. And so... You know Nintendo. Nintendo does to play well with others, and they and X or Microsoft Xbox probably wanted a good chunk of change. Yep. But um, let's see here. Here are some of the games that have that will be coming. I guess um, the NES games RC RC Pro Am and Snake Rattle and Roll. Super Nintendo game, Killer Instinct. Oh, fuck. I forgot that they made Killer Instinct, too. Shit. So uh, many games. And Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. Uh, N64 game, Blast Core, are all available as part of the Nintendo Switch Online Classic Library, which I freaking hate. This crap about always having to be online. Thanks, Nintendo. Because yeah. Nintendo still hasn't figured out online at all, so it's just a pain <laughs> in my ass. Um, sure about that? Yeah. Uh there there are three games that apparently people are uh making us think about that are not slated as of yet to appear in this magical library and they uh two of them revolve around a certain character by the name of Donkey Kong or the mm -hmm. franchise. Uh Donkey Kong 64 is not part of the deal as of yet. Neither is Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, and then also uh, Banjo Tooie, which is uh, Banjo Kazooie number two. Uh, those three are not um, uh, listed as of right now. So I'm sure there's probably Xbox is probably holding the, those three games, or at least I just I don't know anything about Diddy Kong Racing. I'm sorry, but Diddy always annoyed the shit out of me. So. But I know that Donkey Kong 64 was a solid game, and so is Banjo-Tooie. So I'm sure that they're probably holding them for a King's Ransom. And Xbox has the ability to do it because those are two very popular games. So, yeah. See, my problem with old games coming to, like, consoles is there's... Uh, I have to sneeze. Where's my Vita? Can I... All right. You get that like in between of like you have to sneeze but you can't. It's really annoying. Oh no, I know. I I, I feel your pain, dude. Um, it's like there's always some new good game coming out. Yeah. And I already have like a backlog. Like I last I looked, 81 games on my Steam wish list. So it's like cool. There's these old games that are coming, but like I just honestly don't really have much of an interest in playing them because I could play fancy new fun games. I don't know. That's just me. Unless you're just completely turned off by all the fancy new fun games. But well, then again, like I would, you know, I, get off my lawn, bro. No, let's let's be honest, because there, you know, for me personally, I I don't want to. Um, I I'm still not a huge fan of online gaming, and so you know, I if if I'm lacking a new game to play, which is really hard. Uh, for that to actually occur. But let's just say it did occur. Having the option of going into, like, a be able to have access to classic titles 
and maybe relive some nostalgia that kind that might appeal to me. However, the way that Nintendo does their stupid uh, library of having to be online always and me not liking online stuff that it's just like, you know, well, in a lot of the rare games, there's a bit of nostalgia to them in that like our generation is very familiar with them, but like kids nowadays, they're not going to give a crap about GoldenEye or Perfect Dark. Yeah. Like they'd be like, this is lame. Just go play Call of Duty because comparing like gameplay wise, they are now inferior. I mean, that doesn't diminish obviously like what they did for gaming at the time right. and the fun we had, but like from a first person per gaming shooter perspective, there's a whole lot better options out now. But, but it's about the history, man. I mean, the nostalgia I would get for about five minutes and be like, all right. I don't know. Being able to hot seat game would be fun. That's a thing that got taken away or split screen gaming that's true will they allow split screen gaming yeah i mean i know that was a big deal with goldeneye but yeah. will not be a part of the port well i would assume so i would but, hope so i mean yeah. that was one of the selling points yeah i guess we'll find out won't we <laughs> make it online where you can have lobbies and the only rule is no odd job <sighs> freaking odd job how about golden gun do you allow Golden Gun? I love Golden Gun. That was actually my favorite mode. Same here. Well, because it's different. If it's Golden Gun, it's fine because everyone's on the same playing field. Yeah. Like, if it's Odd Job, only Odd Job has the advantage. Yep. But if it's the Golden Gun, everyone can go find the Golden Gun. This is true. This is true. Mm. All right. So I have a question for you, sir. Yes, sir. So one of my favorite ARPGs is Last Epoch, mm -hmm. and yesterday it had the 1.0 release, mm -hmm. which means that it's officially out. Like, what? It's officially yes, out. It's officially out, which is exciting. Yes. Uh, but as with most every online game, and it seems since forever, uh, launch has been a bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. Errors, issues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, my question to you is because of that, the game is getting review bonds on Steam and getting like lower rankings because of the uh, server instability, mm -hmm. even though there's a 100% fully offline mode that you can play at any time, regardless of the server status. Uh, my question to you is more so, especially like, you know, less than 48 hours after the launch, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts of review bombs that really have nothing to do? And this isn't just, a uh, last epoch issue. This we seen for a number of games. Yeah, where very shortly after that 1.0 release, there's server instability, and the game gets review bombed to hell on Steam. Which, at least in my opinion, I think you could tell where I'm going with this. As it really has nothing to do with the actual gameplay itself or the quality of the game. It just has to do with like, holy shit, we have like a 200,000 influx of players. What we're ever going to see for 48 hours? It's going to get fixed, guys. Um, so what do you think of like review bombs in that type of case where the server instability is legitimately causing issues to people's uh, game, but then the review on Steam gets a little bit wacky? Well, okay. So here, uh, there's there's a couple pieces to this puzzle, okay? 
if yep. if this game that had that that has uh, server instabilities um, were to you know maybe have like a like a closed beta and it's not because last epoch has been in like an early access beta for like years years right it's a, yeah so it's here so I do I do not have any sympathy for the de developers you have to understand that basically for years you've had all these different the ability to do all these different stress tests and whatnot and so for you to just magically is turn you know the zero point blah 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 into the 1.0 you have to have since it's been an early access you have to have your your best product upon release so i and you know i i'm not a huge fan of <clears throat> everyone piling on uh but at the same time if it's something that's like you know that egregious where you know we we we're finally out of beta where it's the real deal and then it shits the bed then that that's on the developer yeah no i agree it's tricky because on one hand like you're in the what magical 1.0 yeah uh, and a lot i mean most of these games that have these issues that get review bombed, it's because the online gameplay, for whatever reason, when it comes out, um, is not up to the uh, standard of what I think was hoped by the masses. Yeah. Like, I can understand, you know, it's, it's interesting because you have all these people who have been playing forever, so you have their their standards and their expectations of, okay, when it's official, when it's officially official, you know, it'll be even stronger. And then yep. you also have a lot of people who are waiting that, that are very anti early access, who've just been waiting to see when this thing actually goes live or gold is, is what the industry calls it. Um, when you go to point uh, 1.0 and then to just kind of fall flat on your face, that's, that's not a good look. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I. Yeah. How about uh, there's they have uh, Marvel has announced that uh, they now have the new finalized Fantastic Forecast for the um, what is this the fourth one the fourth reboot or something the at this fourth. point. The fourth, the four by four. It's going to be uh, the majestic sixteen. You know, I'm going to be honest. Um, I I love um, Pedro Pascal, but I just I, he's not re, he doesn't look like Reed Richards in my mind. That's just me. You know, make him really interesting. What's that? If because he's been typecast for this, if he ended up going evil in the end. Hmm. I'm just saying that's like every movie he's had, yeah. he goes evil somewhere. So why not continue that and really mess with fantastic four and really change things up? I will say this though. If, if you want to talk about someone who's, whose star just continues to rise, you got to talk about uh, Joseph Quinn, who's going to be playing uh, Johnny storm, the human torch. Um, he of course um, caught everyone's attention as um, was it Eddie Eddie from um, Stranger Things. Oh yeah, the, and then, uh, of course his badass, his badass solo in, in the Upside Down, 
with a f- Metallica. That uh, he actually played. He okay. So yes and no. He he can play it. However, that exact. Uh, nope. Don't ruin my illusions, brother. <laughs> okay. Nope. Fine. Fine. Nope. Fine. Fine. If I you like- want. If you want, Stranger Things is a fantasy. I like to live in the go. upside right. down in my own head. Yeah, I. Yeah. Anyways, I imagine James Hetfield was like right outside of our peripheral, like cheering him on. All right. Oh no, he he actually got to go up on stage at, at a Metallica concert and got to um, rock it out with him. He knows how to play the guitar, and he practiced really freaking hard. Um. But yeah. Anyways. So we have yet another Fantastic Four. Um, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. Um, Okay. And then um, uh, I can't can't remember who the hell um, uh, the thing. Uh, Ebon Moss Bachrock. I don't know much about him at all. Um, so I, I have not seen any of the pre three previous Fantastic Fours. I saw um, the first two of with when it was um um uh, oh shit um Evans when he was Chris Johnny Storm yeah Chris Evans when he was when he was the Human Torch I saw those two uh, but I never saw the the reboot with um. Uh, was that John Krasinski? No. Wasn't he, in, wasn't he one of them? I, he was a fanfic one. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, that was what I actually No, it was. I, I, I can't remember. Uh, um, I can't remember the actor's name. All I can think of him is Killmonger from, um, uh, from Black Panther. But uh, uh, something B. Jordan. Oh, what is his first name? Oh, it's gonna piss me off now. Anyways, the guy who also played yeah, Creed, yeah, um, he was uh, Johnny Storm. In, oh, I in like him though; he's a good actor. It was weird though; it just looked weird. <laughs> I yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway, so yay, another Fantastic Four. Um, hopefully, look, you know. And I think to me, they all look weird now because, like. In your head, you have like now the fourth reboot, yep, and then the same characters, and they all look different than the previous characters, and so like, you know, whatever they're, whatever they looked like before, they're going to look different now, right? Because uh, before, wasn't the third one? It was like one of the Mara sisters, wasn't she Sue Storm? Yes, uh huh. Kate, uh, and the, then you have Mr. The, Kirby, the, who's like super pale. Yeah. And so even like on that, they're just going to, it's, yeah. Well, like, it is, I feel like it's Spider-Man. Let's just keep on trying and it might be terrible, but we got to keep our contractual obligations okay. but, at least it every number of years. But, but I did like the fact that in Spider-Man, the, the last Spider-Man movie where they brought all of the, the, the actors who played Spider-Man and they were all, you know, different dimensions because of the multiverse. That was cool. That was, that was a good way to basically decide, Oh no, they truly are all Spider-Man. They were just from different dimensions. That's fair. 
Which that was I cool. had not seen that one. I don't, I don't think you'd be able to pull that off for <laughs> Fantastic Four because uh, I think Jessica Alba basically is like, no, never again. Bring in all, I guess, 12 previous actors. Yeah. <laughs> talk talk be... about a freaking bill to pay. But uh, there, would have, there would have to be like very quick, like 10 second cameos. <laughs> That what like, what look, we're just gonna record this on Zoom. You don't have to come into the office. It's it's literally um it's uh what do you call it? Um the 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 hidden camera show. Mm. It's literally they, they they just trail after the actors and, and basically CGI on the Fantastic Four uniform as they're the actors actually going grocery shopping or something. So that's how they get it in. Yes, yes, exactly. That's like that's the alternate um universe. Yeah. It's like, and this is Sue Storm when she was grocery shopping. <laughs> exactly. See? It's all been one big elaborate story all this time. Ta-da. Ta-da. Um I so I I just to kind of like sort of change uh paces here, I have for some reason been on like a super anime binge cycle and i watched an anime on crunchyroll and it actually got got in my feels which i was not expecting uh and it is called um the detectives already dead and that was that was good and but it was also like sci-fi and there was a little bit of the story i didn't really understand but like the main character or characters we're pretty good. Uh, yeah, see, it was also a book. Uh, yeah, most of them are. Um, and then, of course, I'm loving uh, the adaptation of the manga uh, solo leveling. Um, uh, Crunchyroll is slowly rolling out the the dub version of that. Uh, nice. So, but yeah, I've literally I've been digesting a ton of anime as of late. Like I'm, I'm surprised how much anime I've actually watched. There's always more anime. Well, because I usually, you know, I I usually just have stuff off in the background, but I've been actively watching like all of this anime, which is kind of different for me. <laughs> and then, of course, I've been playing a shit ton of uh, Blaze Blue, uh, Entropy. Uh, what the hell's the rest of the name there? Uh, entropy effect, which is kind of you are this little uh, robot, and you go into like a simulator, and then you get to choose one of these characters, and you've got to go through four different levels, uh, defeat four bosses to basically unlock this omega section, uh, which allows you to fight up to what well, you you can fight two more bosses, and then like the uber boss, and he has of course two phases that you got to defeat. And once you um, defeat those, then you pop back as the robot and you gain, you know, um, uh, you are set on several different quests to, er, in each section of each level or each area, you can gain like a special ability for now when you attack, uh, it will cause flame, additional flame damage or... Uh, when you get hit, it will cause uh, the your opponent to be electrocuted. It's it's a side scroller, but it's it's a very solid game, and I've 
been playing it way too much. I think I'm I'm easily into like fifteenth hour playing the game. Well, I think you can guess what I've been playing over the last week. Last epoch. Yeah. Offline, right? Offline. No, it's you can still play online. You just have to be patient. I, I, I nice try. I know. I try. But remember, for you though, there's always the offline mode. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I actually like it so much that it is the first game I've ever gone back mm-hmm. and upgraded to like the collector's edition. Nice. To support the, because in my mind, it's like to support the developer right. and the work they Right. That's when I went back. I'm like, you know, I've been playing this for like years now mm-hmm. and to see where it's gone over the time. Rockage. Yeah, for me, like I said, it's been Blaze Blue, Entropy Effect, and then I pl- I tried out a game called Bendy and the Ink Machine. That game's messed up. <laughs> it's messed up. Too, too messed up even for you? No, it's 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 there. It's it's an interesting story. Uh, with really creepy characters, but the unfortunate thing is, like one of the there's one mechanic in the game which is kind of essential. And it just looks so robotic. There's hmm. these like ink blots that'll appear on the floor, and then like these like ink monsters will pop up, and you got to hit them with an axe. And it just it looks terrible. The animation and, and and just the there's no fluidity. It doesn't look like it. I don't know. It looks very robotic. But you know, whatever. all right. So speaking of online games, yes. When are you going to join the masses and get Hell Divers 2? No. No, but oh my God, the amount of people I've seen uh, playing that game has been insane. I'm 100% going to get Hell Divers 2 at some point. Like, I'm going to play. I I am, no doubt. I am more likely to to cave and buy Boulder's Gate 3 than I am to jump into Hell Divers 2. Fair enough. Anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we have unfortunately reached the end of our show. Uh, but I do want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelia, it's been a pleasure getting everything come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.